Oh yeah, this is your boy, your boy, your boy, King Known Uncensored. We got a brand new episode for y'all. Buy or sell. A lot of NBA teams are looking to buy and sell. But who are going to be the buyers and who are going to be the sellers? I mean, we could go down the list of NBA teams, but we'll save that part for last. Now, first... And foremost, um, check this out. Man, it's been three years since Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant have passed away in a helicopter crash. And then shout out to the other victims of the crash as well, including the pilot and the uh, family that was there with them. Just a special rest in peace to those guys. And Kobe is sorely missed. It's just the gems the game, the voice, the mental, the Mamba mentality, the the academy with the little girls. Like I truly think that Kobe would have been a WNBA coach, and definitely would have joined the team whoever drafted his daughter Gianna because she was going to the WNBA. And even in death. The media still finds a way to take their shots at Kobe. Kobe said ESPN was idiots a long time ago. And ESPN as a network and as a company has not seemed to let that go by ranking him low on list. If you ask every basketball player that's ever played the game damn near, they got Kobe in their top five, hands down. Some have him top three. I am some people. But if we just talking about, you know what I'm saying, cats that played the game, everybody try to sell Kobe Bryant's legacy short as just a copycat of Michael Jordan. Now, yes, he was heavily influenced by Michael Jordan. He looked at Michael Jordan as a big brother. But his whole entire game was not Mike. His swagger was Mike's. He had the turnaround shot. And the um, competitive nature, sure. But, however, Kobe had Gary Payton's defense, Hakeem Olajuwon's postgame, Kareem's hook shot, Gary Payton's defense. But, yes, Bryant is more than just a Michael Jordan copycat. Bryant developed his own style. Bryant developed his better, a better, just a just as good of a version of it, of his own. Now you can say this. Now, you know him copying Jordan should only hurt his case for the greatest of all time. It shouldn't hurt his case for top three, top five consideration. And I don't. I think people forgot how influential Kobe was before the rape case. No disrespect to Mr. Bryant. We all know that he was found not guilty, but that hindered him from winning multiple MVPs. And we all know the love he had for Gianna Bryant. 
It was the reason why God called them home together. Although it's sad and it's messed up that we'll never get to see what Gianna Bryant would have developed into as a basketball player, but we will have the legacy of Kobe Bryant. And the love that we had for Kobe Bryant. His five championships, him staying with the same franchise, the final 60 point game, him scoring 81 points in a basketball game. But all I want to say is, Kobe Bryant, I love you. Gianna Bryant, I love you. You are sorely missed. Now let's move on to some fuckery. All right, now back to the fuckery. I don't even know where to start here. But I guess I'll go in order as it's written. Because it's a lot to get um, a lot to get across. Now, the Los Angeles Lakers narrowed down their choices on who to trade for. They basically picked Rory Hashimura over Cam Reddish. Which I understand why. You know, there's a lot of questions on Reddish's character. Because... He keeps ending up in these same situations. But me personally, I would have picked Cam Reddish over Rui Hashimura. I think Cam Reddish can score a lot better. But Rui has a bag of his own, though. Don't get me wrong. Rui, uh, in his first game as a Laker, he was pretty fucking solid. To me, he was scoring um, in that hashtag. I mean, not hashtag, but the hash mark. On the block, mid-range shot, occasional three, but not a consistent three. But, yeah, man, I wouldn't have picked uh, Rui Hashimura over Cam Reddish. That's just me. But that's what it narrowed down to because they were discussing deals for both. All right. Now, Phoenix Suns. They are thinking about their future without Chris Paul. Now, there isn't any certainty as to whether that they're going to trade Chris Paul at the trade deadline. Now, if they were to do that, that would be surprising and shocking. But however, Chris Paul has a $40 million contract, and I'm sure that... Teams are interested in, in the um, 38-year-old floor general. As Phoenix may look to have a younger future. I mean, Paul Pierce, Steven Jackson, Kevin Garnett, Matt Barnes all said that the Phoenix Suns championship window is closed. And... I definitely believe that, but in order for their championship window kit to have a little peephole in it, they have to get younger. And honestly, bro, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't think that Aiton, DeAndre Aiton could still get traded, but man, I would find a way to get rid of that guy and maybe break an NBA rule or something. But if I were able to move Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, I would do that. To bring a bigger piece over to Phoenix. Question is, who would that be, though? But, however, the Suns are targeting Terry Rozier, Emmanuel Quickly, and Fred Van Bleet as maybe a possible Chris Paul replacement. In the future. And I feel like Terry Rozier and Devin Booker would be a dope-ass backcourt. I'm not going to hold you. Emmanuel Quickly is young. I wouldn't be surprised. 
Van Vliet and Devin Booker, they would really shoot up the gym. So things may get very interesting in Phoenix if they actually do decide to move Chris Paul. Now, my thoughts about that is, should Phoenix shake up their roster? Yes. I mean, you got to do you got to do what you got to do to win championships out here, or at least get back to the conference finals because. If you look at last year, this team won 64 games and faltered out in the second round to a Dallas Mavericks team that have, has never been that far as a group. Now let's move on. Oh, Lord. I apologize. I apologize. Shannon Sharp apologized, y'all. So, does that mean that he backed down? Or was he a good little Sambo tamp dancer to the people that uh, employ him? I think it's both. I think Shannon Sharp is one of the biggest tap dancers in sportscasting. I'm not saying he's a coon, but he knocking on the door. So him apologizing meant that he didn't really have all the smoke for uh, Memphis as it appeared to be. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he should have apologized. I mean, he meant what he said. But he was just apologizing for maybe inciting a war of words. But I honestly think it's a bitch move. Sorry, not sorry. Now, him taking accountability, that's cute and all. Much respect for accountability, but it's kind of a contradiction. Like, Shannon Sharp is one of the biggest hypocrites in the world. Like, this is the same guy that said fans should just shut the fuck up. You pay to see them. You shouldn't be talking to the players. But you go off on the Memphis Grizzlies. Because Dylan Brooks, you wasn't expecting Dylan Brooks to respond to you. And I'm going to also keep it a G. Shannon Sharp should not be talking about basketball. That is not his lane. He should stick to football. Because that's where his genius mind operates at full capacity. He doesn't know nothing about basketball. He can't commentate basketball. Because he's a fan. He's a fanboy. Now, yeah, he do, he might be right two times out of a hundred, but that's all I'll give him. I just don't think that he should be um, acting like he's a basketball guru, like he knows the game because he's a LeBron fan. I just don't like those types of people. You probably thought LeBron was a cornerback. <laughs> All right, let's move on. The Portland Trailblazers have no intentions on tanking and will be heavily involved in trade talks. Ooh, I definitely want Portland to get somebody. The question is, what do they need? I say bench. B-E-N-C-H. Bench. Because... Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons can score, but unfortunately, they're not consistent. Some days, Anthony Simons can't hit the side of a barn. In some games, 
Anthony Simons looks like a legitimate number two guy on the team. Jeremy Grant, same thing. Jeremy Grant completely switched his game from a defensive player to an offensive player in Portland. Now, I like what Chauncey Phillips has done in Portland. And I like what Damian Lillard is doing this year. But I feel like Damian Lillard has to do too much work to keep Portland in games. I feel like when Dame, Simons, and Grant go to the bench, the bench doesn't consistently hold it down for them. And Shade and Sharp can't be your only talented guy and your most talented guy off the bench. He's still a young cat. Learning the game, like, I don't think Portland, like, has a legitimate six-man. And I think they should really hit the trade market hard. I mean, it's some hot names over there. I mean, Gordon Hayward is a hot name. You know what I'm saying? John Collins is a hot name. You know what I'm saying? There's plenty of names that's on the cusp of being moved that Portland can use. Now, Anthony Davis returned last night against the San Antonio Spurs where the Lakers ended up getting the victory over the Spurs as Anthony Davis put on a pretty decent performance despite an injury scare, of course. Hey, man, I ain't gonna lie. FanDuel, FanDuel should add a portion to the NBA column called Anthony Davis Injury Scares. And they should just bet 0.5, I'm saying, though. But other than that, though, he had a pretty good game against the Spurs as the Lakers got the victory 114-103. to Anthony Davis had 21 points and 12 rebounds. Now, this is breaking news. I'm just breaking it to you live. I'm just, I just found out that Luka was injured in the Dallas and Phoenix game tonight, and he will not return. Now, the severity of the injury, we do not know. We just know that he's not returning tonight. Is he going to be available for the All-Star game in February? Fingers crossed. I hope so. Prayers to Luka Doncic. And then, another team looking to go all-in at the trade deadline is the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, we know Kawhi and Paul George are chilling. But what are who are they going to move? I mean, we can look at this Clippers roster, right? I mean, I heard John Wall isn't panning out on the Clippers for some strange reason. I mean, he's in and out of the lineup with injury, injuries. But, and then also I heard Reggie Jackson is very up and down. Batum's old as fuck. Kennard... I mean, he's okay, but I just don't, I don't know. Zubak is good. He's probably safe. Terrence Mann is definitely safe, in my opinion. I'd be surprised if they traded Terrence Mann. Now, there are plenty of players that the Clippers can trade, like Reggie, Covington, John Wall, Musa Diabate, Brandon Boston Jr., Nicholas Batum. Luke Kennard, but I don't know. I mean, they would definitely have to trade picks, and they don't have many of those as, of course, they were all traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Paul George.
But what could they use exactly? I mean, you could always upgrade bench players. But it seems like they have their starting lineup ready to go. But I thought that John Wall was going to come there to L.A. and ball. And there has been flashes that Wall was a good fit for them. But again, man, he could never shake that injury bug. And sticking to the Clippers, the Clippers still run L.A. Damn, dog. I mean, all these Fakers fans always want to lean on that weak-ass championship. Newsflash. Nobody respects that championship. No real champion respects that championship. The bubble was whack. It was not a real NBA gym. There was no home court advantage. It was basically like a recreation, a recreational tournament. So stop holding on to that weak-ass championship and using that as a defense mechanism to take away the fact that the Clippers stay whooping your motherfucking ass. Now, the Clippers, since 2009 and 2010 season, are 39 and 14 against the Lakers and have won the last 10 games, y'all. That's a goddamn shame. The goddamn bastard child of L.A. sports teams. Even with the Lakers, like, upgrading their team and getting LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the Clippers still have their number. And I truly believe that if they were to face off against each other, the Lakers would have no shot in beating them in a seven-game series. And I'm just going to leave it at that. The Milwaukee Bucks for Bobby Portis is expected to miss a minimum of two weeks with an MCL sprain in his right knee. It is expected that Portis will be re-evaluated at the two-week mark. So that would mean that he might not come back in two weeks. It could be a month because he has to be reevaluated and has to run five on five scrimmages and he has to see if he's even okay. But prayers up to Bobby Porter's man. That's a bit, that's a major loss. I mean, since Ibaka um, hasn't been traded from the Bucks. I mean, you would assume that he would step into that role. And he could definitely still play that role. Even at that stage of career that he's at. Uh-oh. Speaking of buyers and sellers, the Dallas Mavericks had made calls to the Toronto Raptors about Pascal Siakam. Ooh. I mean, unfortunately, Luka just got hurt tonight. But... Once Luca comes back to the lineup, right? Can you imagine Luca and Pascal Siakam on the same team? I mean, Siakam is having his best year this year. And this is a guy that was a number two option on an NBA championship team. So you add that alongside Luka Doncic, who, I mean, Siakam can handle the ball a little bit. And he can take some pressure off of Doncic and get points himself. I would love to see that combo. I would love to see that duo uh, play with each other. Hawks. I mean, obviously, Dallas would have to give up a lot to get him because I'm sure Toronto's going to want a whole major deal. Hopefully, I mean, but you may have to sacrifice Dinwiddie or Christian Wood, or Tim Hardaway Jr. in order to get him. I'm sure that they'll throw in Josh Green, a Reggie Bullock, a Davis Bertrands, a Maxi Kleber, and um, maybe a JaVale McGee, a Dwight Powell, somebody like that. I mean, you want to maintain your core of Dinwiddie, Finney Smith, you know, and Hardaway Jr., but 
you may have to sacrifice Wood, Dinwiddie, or Hardaway Jr., and uh, definitely some picks. You're definitely giving up maybe a pick or two. If you're even going to receive an all-star caliber player like Siakam, he's putting up all-star numbers, and I'm sure that he'll be an all-star this year. A Toronto fire, fire cell imminent? I mean, they're not that good. Despite Siakam bowling. Despite Scotty Barnes bowling. So... And then, of course, OG Ananobi wants out of Toronto. Gary Trent Jr. is highly coveted by multiple teams. I don't know the status of Fred Van Vliet. And if he wants to stay, or is Toronto even going to consider training him? And speaking of OG Ananobi, right? One team, they don't say, has reportedly offered three first-round picks for Ananobi. I wonder who the fuck that team was. If I were a betting man, I would say the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder have the infinity stones of all the first-round and second-round picks that you can think of. They can negotiate and build a great team around Shea Gilgis-Alexander, um, Chet Holmgren, and Josh Giddy. I don't know what the fuck OKC is waiting for. I would have been wheeling and dealing like my boy Troy Reaver out in Detroit. But, I mean, if I'm Toronto, I'm taking that deal, whoever the fuck is offering it. Three first? Shit. Oh, boy. On to fuckery at its highest power. Matt Barnes is a fucking idiot. Like, this guy... This guy is a fucking idiot, bro. So, allegedly... Well, it's not alleged anymore. This is public record now. Um, Matt Barnes was at a football game. I think it was the Niners game, right? And he got into it with his girlfriend's um, ex-boyfriend, basically the father of her other children. He got into it with the guy and the shit escalated. Right? Once the fight escalated, it was broken up. But while they were being broken up, Matt Barnes spit in the guy's face. Wow. I mean, Kwame Brown warned you about Matt Barnes. The proof is in the pudding now. Like, everything he said was facts about Matt Barnes. No, Barnes has had deviant behavior throughout his career. And, you know, he, since, since him being a sportscaster, will he be disciplined? I highly doubt it. But that's an assault case. Like, I would definitely sue him for assault. Honestly, man, Matt Barnes owed my man a fair one. Because you're not just going to spit in a person's face and not face any repercussions for it. I mean, this is the same guy that drove 90 miles to beat up Derek Fisher for stealing his girlfriend. This nigga always fighting over women. That shit is wild, dude. And it's like a whole deep situation with that lady that he was fighting over with the ex. Shit's corny to me. Matt Barnes is a, is, a, is a really big dummy here. Man. Ultra dummy. My guy, 
my favoriteest player in the whole entire world, dropped 60. The only person, only two people with more 60 point games than Dame Lillard is Wilt Chamberlain and the late great Kobe Bryant. Well, the late great Wilt Chamberlain and the late great Kobe Bryant. There's no doubt in my mind, Damian Lillard is one of the greatest scorers that we have received. And he's still got a long career to go. We can see this man probably play at least another eight to ten years. And he's a natural scorer. He's not really known for attacking the basket and dunking on people. He can, but that's not how his game is wired. His game is wired to be a jump shooter. And a lot of those jump shooting motherfuckers, they last a long time in this league. But Dame dropping 60 is fucking amazing. And I'm not saying that because he's my favorite player. I'm just saying, like, he got to it and handled his business. Like, I was happy to see that. You know, he had a bad game against the Lakers, and ever since then, he's been, he has his foot on the gas. And that was, watching those highlights were amazing. Oh, this is a funny story right here. This is a funny report. So, the New York Knicks believe to look at Reggie Bullock again, basically. Reggie Bullock lost out of free agency to the New York to the Dallas Mavericks because the Mavericks offered them more money. But New York wants him back and they're willing to trade Cam Reddish for Reggie Bullock. Ahem, Dallas, ain't y'all interested in Cam Reddish? Make that happen tonight. I trade Reggie Bullock for Cam Reddish tonight. Get him his walking papers. Get him the fuck out of here. I'm saying, though, Cam Reddish playing alongside Luka Doncic, I think he he would start, in my opinion. Not going to lie to you. I think he would start. He should start. But they're probably going to go with Finney Smith. I don't understand. What the fuck is going on with JaVale McGee? How come Jay Kidd is not playing him? If you're not going to play him, then trade him to a team that will use him. Trade his ass back to Phoenix. Why would you sign him for if you're never going to use him? I am highly disappointed in Jason Kidd for not utilizing JaVale McGee enough. Like, do, do he not got it no more? I don't understand. Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, rubs hands like Birdman because the all-star starters have been revealed today. And the let's start with the Western Conference all-star starters. We got Luka Doncic. Steph Curry, LeBron James, who's the captain, Zion Williamson, and Nikola Jokic. Now, is Zion going to play in the All-Star game? That's up for discussion. I mean, right now it's, what, January 26th? And I think around All-Star break is when he'll be re-evaluated for that hamstring injury. And I truly believe that he could be back by the All-Star game to start. And then, last but not least, Nikola Jokic, your uh, back-to-back MVP now. Let's go to the Eastern Conference. Now, we got Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, and Kevin Durant. Now, a lot of people are pissed off about Joel Embiid being snubbed. I'm just like, well, the all-star format, first of all, is fucked up because I miss the old all-star format where it's point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. I wish we could just go back to that. Because then, you know, Tatum and Antetokounmpo, well, I don't know. Well, Antetokounmpo for sure. Maybe Tatum probably would have been the one to bring off the bench, which is fucked up because I feel like Tatum's the MVP right now. To this day, to this day, to this day. But my thoughts on this is, this was my, these are my exact choices 
for the all-star starters to the team. Perfect. I think it's perfect. Now, the all-star reserves, we can make those comparisons. I bet you it'll be different. But before we get to who are the buyers and who are the sellers, last subject before we get there, what is good enough for the Detroit Pistons to finally come up off of Bohan Bogdanovich? Now, me personally, I don't think Detroit's going to end up trading him at the deadline, but a team is going to have to come with a crazy fucking deal. You did. We want first-round picks. We should want first-round picks. And I mean not one, but two. If we going to come off of somebody that we just gave an extension to. If we going to fucking come... I mean, and then... Maybe a young player in a first-round pick. A young player with potential in a first-round pick for Bohan Bogdanovich. Now, let's get to who's going to buy and who's going to sell. Let's look at all of the wonderful NBA teams, right? I have this written down, by the way. So, the Atlanta Hawks. They're probably looking to be, I don't know, probably a little bit of both because John Collins is one of the hottest names at the trade deadline. And they would be looking into trading Collins, but for who, we don't know yet. That's the only player that they would probably end up moving. Like, they're looking to keep the the core that they currently have together. I mean, they are believing in Onyeka Okungwu. So that's probably why Collins is on the block. So it's looking like Atlanta's going to buy and sell. Let's move on to Boston. Boston, I don't know. I mean, there has been rumors that Boston may be looking for a more legit five. Since Robert Williams is always hurt. Al Horford is 95 years old. Blake Griffin is 195 years old. Luke Cornett's defense is questionable, but his offense is pretty good. So they may be looking to move one or two of those guys. I know one thing, Al Horford's definitely safe. Robert Williams is probably going to be safe, but they're looking to upgrade, in my opinion. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't think they're a buyer, and I don't think they're a seller. But since they're looking for a big man, I say buyer. Brooklyn Nets definitely would be buyers and not sellers. I don't think they really want to move anybody, but they are looking to be heavy players at the deadline or maybe on the buyout market. That would be a little bit more of the Brooklyn Nets speed the buyout market. But the question is, who would be out of there? I mean, I know one name that should be the fuck out of there. They should definitely trade Ben Simmons. Because, you know, that Indiana team wants him. 
I'm willing to give them whatever they want. Give them Ben Simmons. Just give us what we need to match that salary. Give us some expiring contracts. Dude is a butt plug. He button ass. He is dog dick juice at basketball. He's dog jizz. But I say buyers. Because I'm pretty sure they are willing to upgrade. Charlotte Hornets, definitely sellers. Definitely the sellers. I mean, they're already a shitty lottery team. And multiple teams are interested in Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. And I'm going to be honest with you. They should rebuild the team, of course, around LaBello Ball, who returned tonight. Um, I feel like they should just upgrade some players. Or maybe sell those players for first round picks. They have a bunch of names that can help many contending teams, such as Kelly Oubre, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. Then they have young guys that don't necessarily get opportunities that other teams can covet. So I say Charlotte are sellers. Chicago. A lot of people are pointing towards sellers because they have three star players that other teams want, especially the Lakers. The Lakers, if they had it their way, they would have DeRozan, Vucevic, and Levine on the Lakers right now because they're groupies like that. But signs are allegedly pointing to Chicago possibly being sellers. So let's go with that. Cleveland? I don't think they're buyers or sellers. I think Cleveland is probably content with the roster that they got. I mean, a lot of teams want Karis LeVert. But what would they end up getting for him? I would honestly keep a guy like Karis LeVert. Especially because he can start and come off the bench. Depending on who they're going against. Dallas Mavericks? I'd say they would be buyers and sellers because they got a bunch of guys there that don't necessarily play. Like they could be probably doing a little bit of both. They could be buying someone like a Siakam and selling a guy like a JaVale McGee. But I lean towards more buyers. Denver Nuggets. I'm going to say neither. I feel like Denver is pretty content with their team. I mean, they're one of the top teams in the West. Enough said. Detroit Pistons. Um, they're going to be sellers if they even, like, you know, get into it. Because what the, what could they be buying? They're not a contender. They're leaning towards the lottery. And they have a couple of pieces that some teams are interested in. Golden State Warriors, definitely buyers. Definitely buyers, yo. Because they want to upgrade their roster. Well, the players want to upgrade the roster. The GMs want to keep the young boys. Houston Rockets. Definitely sellers. Because many teams are interested in Eric Gordon right now. Many teams are interested in EG right now. Indiana Pacers. That's a very good question. 
I would say they'd be sellers. Because many teams are interested in Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. But however, I still feel like the Pacers should keep that team together, though. All those signs are pointing to them being sellers. Los Angeles Clippers, definitely buyers. For sure, for sure. Definitely buyers. They definitely want to upgrade their roster parts. Los Angeles Lakers, definitely buyers. Because they're the biggest groupies on the planet. Of course they're going to be buyers. Of course they're going to try to get the likes of a Zach Levine. Or a Damian Lillard. Or a Bradley Beal. Or whoever's a disgruntled superstar. Because the Lakers have always gotten all their guys through trades. They haven't gotten the key free agent since Shaquille O'Neal, if you want to be honest. Well, since LeBron, I'm going to say. My bad. Since LeBron. But um, before LeBron, it was Shaq. And that was in 96. They get all of their stars through trade. Wilt Chamberlain. You know what I'm saying? Through a trade. Pau Gasol through a trade. Anthony Davis through a trade. Memphis Grizzlies. I'm going to say they're going to be buyers. But I, I still feel like Memphis is missing like a more legit second guy. Like a superstar. Slash all-star. They don't have... I don't think Desmond Bain is an all-star caliber player. However, he is a very good player that could, that's a two-way player. But I don't think that... He's a legit number, number two. Miami Heat, definitely buyers for sure. Because a lot of teams... You know, Miami is the most aggressive team right now. They are looking at D'Angelo Russell. They're looking at Malik Beasley, Kelly Olenek, Terry Rozier. Like, Miami's looking to upgrade some parts so that they can get ready for a deep playoff run. Miami was a number one seed last year. So why not? Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, more sellers than buyers. I don't think they want to make a move. I think they are content with what they have. In my book. The Minnesota Timberwolves, definitely sellers. Because they want to get rid of Rudy Gobert. They want to get rid of D'Angelo Russell. They've been hoeing D'Angelo Russell the last couple of years on a possible contract extension. They're definitely sellers. But are they going to be able to... Move Rudy Gobert? Probably not. New Orleans Pelicans? I mean, they want to make a move. They want to just make a move. So I say buyer. They want to make a move. But I suggest somebody in the buyout market, they shouldn't have to shake up their core. I think they should just leave that shit alone and get someone in the buyout market. New York Knicks. Definitely sellers because they have multiple parts that many teams want that they're not using. They're not using OB Toppin to, to his um, potential. A lot of teams are interested in Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier, uh, Emmanuel Quickly, Cam Reddish. And New, New York could also be buyers in a sense as well. You know, maybe to upgrade the roster. Oklahoma City. 
has all the cards to be a seller. What they would probably be buying is first round picks. Well, actually selling, I should say. Selling is first round picks to unsuspecting teams to upgrade their roster. Orlando Magic. If there were to be anybody, they would be sellers. Because a lot of teams want Mo Bamba. A lot of teams want Terrence Ross. A lot of teams want Gary Harris. A lot of teams even want Markel Fultz. I mean, they can let all of them go and not fuck their core up. Philadelphia 76ers. Definitely buyers. Um, They definitely would want to upgrade their roster to go on a deep playoff run. I mean, they're pro... On paper, this is a conference finals team. But Harden has to shake his playoff woes, and Embiid has to step up and be a leader. He's still a little bit uh, too immature to lead a, a championship team. Phoenix Suns, oh yeah, definitely um, buyers and sellers. They definitely going to make a move, especially, uh, you know, once D-Book returns. Portland, they should be buyers for sure because they need to upgrade that bench. And those guys coming off the bench is just not it. Sacramento Kings, neither. I think Sacramento... Is the surprise team of the year. And I think that they should keep their roster the exact same. San Antonio, definitely sellers. A lot of teams are interested in Jakob Perto, Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson. And Pop is just focused on rebuilding. Toronto Raptors, definitely sellers, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely sellers because they are looking for the asking price for Siakam, OG Ananobi, Fran Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Chris Boucher. Utah Jazz. I'm going to say buyers. Buyers. A lot of teams want what they have. Because a lot of people didn't expect Utah to have such a, a solid season. Last but not least, Washington. Washington should be buyers, not sellers. Like, they should go ahead and re-sign Kyle Kuzma tonight. Definitely should upgrade the roster parts around Beal, Kuzma, and Porzingis and develop them into a big three. I think next year, Washington's going to do real big things. They might not do it this year, but definitely next year. All right, y'all. That is my show. This is King Known Uncensored. Buy or sell, and I'm gone.